0: Hi, everyone. This is Two Guys, Five Movies, one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasperi. This is Frank Pelican. And um, tonight, uh, after two years, uh, where we did our only television review ever of The Haunting of Hill House, we are going to return to do a review of The Haunting of Bly Manor, uh, which just came out on Netflix this past Friday. Um, And we both burned through it in two days, right, Frank? Uh, Oh, yeah. And uh, so we've uh, sat on it a few days, kind of like processing it and um, wanted to go ahead and start talking about it. So much like we did previously, we're going to kind of spend some time talking about it just overall in a non-spoilery way. And then I'll go ahead and try to warn everyone um, to that uh, when spoilers are coming so that we can talk about it a little bit more in depth. Um, But I am interested in hearing your overall thoughts first, Frank. Um, What did you think of it?
1: So, spoiler-free, I thought it was really effective. Um, I thought it was much more of a true gothic romance tragedy. More than, like, straight horror, which I think... I mean, Hill House has this, like, you know, obviously, like, a lot of emotional complexity and character development, but I think this one is a little more... I don't know, like, hidden in its... Well, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think this one plays a little closer to the vest for longer. Um, yes. And I think that it's more of a... Um, more of a faithful telling of the original story from a modern perspective, as opposed to... Like, I would call Haunting a Blind Manor a revisionist adaptation of turn of the screw um the henry james novel um that's based on whereas i would say that haunting of hill house is inspired by shirley jackson's um the haunting of hill house you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like i don't i don't necessarily consider an adaptation as much as like you know it just pulls elements and like names and stuff but does its own thing whereas blind manor is pretty pretty close in a lot of ways i'm mean, to mm-hmm. the original nice. um i think it's beautifully filmed um i think that flanagan um chooses people really well to direct episodes that have a really good eye for um the beauty of like architecture and like we always talk about this and this is probably a tired phrase on this podcast but like that like the horror of like quiet spaces or like small space like what lynch does Mm -hmm. um like the flanagan thing the flanagan these two shows are almost the opposite of that like the horror of like these large imposing buildings and just like all the little things that you can hide in nooks and crannies um really well acted like he has a really good cast of actors that you know two movie two um series in seem to follow him um, really good year for dialogue. There's some pretty brilliant, um, really brilliantly worded things here. Um, and I know I, I just I was really impressed um, in a different way than Hill House, but really. Yeah, um, yeah
0: I really enjoyed it. So. Yeah, I mean, I think when all is said and done. And I don't want to make this statement definitively quite yet. I mean, I still think I'm pro- I would probably if I had to rank them, Hill House would have come before this but I still think this is a really great sophomore effort, um, in this series. Overall, I, I really appreciate, um, a lot of things you already said, uh, in terms of like the kind of like quietness inside of these big kind of like imposing places. I, I, I'm a fan of that kind of stuff in the first place. Um, I think that I, I was really impressed with the i was both frustrated at times and then really impressed overall with the storytelling of it so i do think it it holds holds its hand back for too long in a lot of different ways and i think it it's like it, it makes you want to keep watching but at some point you're kind of also a little bit like i don't know about you i guess a certain things early on that were true and it kind of like put me in this weird spot at times where it's like, it felt like the pacing, especially in the middle season was off where I was like, okay, I just want them to get to this because it's pretty obvious to me. Um, But at the same time, I was enjoying what I was seeing. So it was like this weird thing. And that happens towards episodes like four, five and six, I think, Um, you know, and it's like, so the middle of the season felt like a little like oddly paced, but I don't know if that's my own shit or if that's like something... That was a problem with the show but um i was i thought that some of the characters had really great subtle characterization to them and i thought some were three-dimensional but still a little bland um all of them are three-dimensional um but i thought some were a little bland and i thought one of the weaknesses of it might have actually been the main character um in the show a little like as one of those characters i i never really I never really bought her or the primary relationship in a lot of different ways, um, but I think the surrounding cast around her I thought was brilliant. Um, I really love uh, Tamia Miller as the Hannah Gross character, um, yeah. Raul Co- uh, Ciholi, um as um, Owen in it is really good, um, Oliver Jackson Cohen, who did um, the Peter Quint character, um, I... I thought he did a pretty solid job. Um, and I was also impressed that it's like a character that ostensibly um, is one way, you know, has a little, few little things injected in them to, to make you question of like, you know, is the person all good or bad, you know? And it's like, I thought that was an interesting thing with some of these characters is that even people that might be bad sometimes like have these elements where it makes you question and sympathize with them at times. Um, and, and that includes like the Henry Thomas character who I'm really starting to love that dude all of a sudden, um, uh, that plays the uncle in the show. Um, yeah,
1: that's, that's one of the
0: strongest performances there. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think it's him. And, um, I mean, I, I love the guy that plays Owen, um, uh, Coley. Um, he, um, he was in, uh, oh Jesus, iZombie, um, and, he has scenes in eye zombie for what is ostensibly like kind of like a, a a comedy with dramatic elements at times. You know, in this like weird little horror setting um, world, um, he's a character that brings such humanity to a role and the scenes at times um, that it's like almost like breathtaking. And um, he does the exact same thing here is like just being this like, you know, nice, reasonable guy who doesn't mean that he's effeminate or unmanly, um, you know, but at the same time, like, you know, is, you know, compassionate and, you know, like respectful and all these other things. And it's like, I think he just nails the essence of like a, a character like that. And um um, I was really impressed with him. Again, uh Tania Miller is another one I was really impressed with that I hadn't and I hadn't ever seen her before. And then yeah, Henry Thomas, I think, is another one of like the top like performances in this. Um, his turn um as the younger father in Hill House obviously is good. And then um, you know, that little bit he has playing Jack Torrance and Doctor Sleep is just, you know, amazing. Brilliant. Yeah, um, so I really appre- i the I think the cast really lends a lot of, because yeah, you think I as much as I've been watching horror movies recently, it's like you know you take actors from a lot of those movies and not to like you know talk shit on them, but it's like you take a lot actors from a lot of those movies and you put them in this and it it. it it's not as good I think the cast like the people that he cast in these roles really elevate the material even more it's already good material but they elevate it to like a level of greatness and I think that happened at times in Hill House um as strong as that material was and I think it happened again here where the actors really elevated some of the material that might have been otherwise a little bit more bland than what uh you know or it is maybe a little bit more bland than um what it uh, what it ended up being. Yeah. So I really, I think I think the cast helped this along a lot um, um, to, to make it as great as it was. Um, it really got to the emotional core, I think, of a lot of these characters so that, like, by the end, I cried again um, at the yeah, end of this. Um, so... Pretty much they, the whole last episode was making me tear up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After that first 10 minutes where it's like, I was left wondering where are they going with this? Um, from that point on, I just start. I was, like, tearing up for, like, 15 minutes at least. And then there was like a reprieve for a while, and then it's like the last like twenty minutes, like awful. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I didn't think it was good as Hill House. I think that it. I, I think if you're going to watch this or you haven't watched it yet, and I'm still trying to remain spoiler free here, um, before we get maybe a little bit more in depth in some of these things is. If you're expecting, if you liked Hill House and you watch it, you liked Hill House. Um, I think the common sentiment among reviewers that I'm seeing is that this isn't the same show, and they're right; it's not. If you're looking for like the the scares of like you know the creepiness factor of like things, you know, around corners, you know, peeking out, and those kind of things, it's like this isn't the show. This isn't that show. Although um, that stuff, that stuff is there. It is, but it's not it's nearly a lot as much more subtle right it's and, and it's and it's not as much um this show it, now if you liked if hill house you watched it and you liked the idea that, that show is about you know inherited trauma and you like the themes of that show and you really like that kind of stuff and like you know like how people interact and like you know the uh, hurt each other um and how you end up healing from that hurt um and if you like those kind of things, like this is definitely the horror show for you because I think a lot of this stuff is thematic in a lot of ways when it comes to, you know, what matters in the end, memory, um, you know, like what is like love, you know, like, like all these kind of like, kind of like grand philosophical questions kind of get raised throughout this. And, um, you know, if you like that kind of stuff, then like this is, there's definitely a lot to chew on here, I think. <clears throat> And that's it
1: yeah i mean yeah i agree with that i think also so it's it's a pretty pretty brilliant so i i would say that i either enjoy this just as much as hill house or maybe a tiny bit more because i really like the and we we said this before we started the podcast like the fact that it kind of lingers with you yeah beyond and i thought about hill house for like days after i finished watching it we sure. like gushed over it you know mm-hmm. that that first saturday night and then felt compelled to do that you know that special podcast episode and <clears throat> i i feel like this is a lot more of like a slow burn subtle stay with me but i'm a really big fan of the original source material and it's one of the probably i think i've probably seen every adaptation of turn of the screw with the exception of the turning from this past um winter hmm. um cuz i really like i i knew that this was coming out and i didn't want to watch them both cuz i didn't want to get disgusted so i'll probably watch the turning now like an idiot um I love the adaptation of it. I love how true to the source material it stays while still being like really brilliantly like nimble at m- manipulating certain elements of the the story to make it feel more modern and to kind of you know, and you said it like Flanagan's about like relationships and families and you know what what constitutes a family and what makes you know this idea of like the forever home like where is the place that you and they i mean they mentioned that specifically here Mm -hmm. like the fact that you know they're gonna find their forever home or whatever and um you know the peter quint jessica um shit i just forgot her last name um jessel
0: Um, oh yeah yeah miss jessel
1: yeah Yeah, Rebecca Jessel. That's what they call her. Um, Like that relationship is amazing, you know, and it's the fact that like you only learn about it secondhand and turn of the screw. And I like the fact that they show it Mm -hmm. firsthand here. And I really like both of those actors. Let me ask you, when you first heard Oliver Jackson Cohen talk, did you think like this dude is doing the worst British accent of all time?
0: I did, yeah. I, I thought it like, was pretty I thought it was pretty bad, yeah. He
1: sounds like he has marbles in his mouth. And it's because like it's his literal it's his legitimate speaking voice and yes. he's so right cleanly American in Hill House that it's like, uh-huh. what is
0: this guy doing? It's really right. weird. Yeah, I I know. Yeah, and and I, I kinda I think I knew that, um, honestly, like like already. Um He's got that very
1: like almost like Connery-esque like low base brogue type like speech to him and it's just it's it's really like just weird when you first hear it. but he I thought he was great and then he's maybe my favorite Peter Quint mm-hmm. like on screen um, representation I really like um, what's her name uh, Tahira Sharif as Jessel mm-hmm. um, and I like that I, I don't know I yeah. So I, I would say that for me, this is either equal to Hill House or better than Hill House. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think for me, it's like definitely it's going to probably be second, like, but I want to like give it some time because like I said before the podcast, it's like it's it's something that's lingering with me, like, you know, but it's more of the themes. And I think because it is more even more thematic than Hill House was because Hill House, I think, had a i'll say this i think hill house had a stronger plot to it overall like in terms of like episode like as an episodic television show i think it like it made more for more compelling television at times more consistently throughout its episodes um where i think this kind of felt like it was meandering inside of episodes inside of episodes at times and then maybe, I'd have to go back back and watch it again, but I think in the middle of the season, something there is weird, and that could be me and it could be the show, I'm not sure. that that I'd have to watch it again. I don't don't
1: disagree with that. I kind of don't mind that, though, either. Like, I'm okay with, because it really does feel like, like, I don't know, like, Ivy and Gables like, Blasted Heath, Forgotten More, whatever, like, British Countryside, Gothic, like, ghost romance, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. and that's Henry James, but it reminds me of stuff like Mr. James, and mm-hmm. I don't know, like, I, I just like the feel of it, and I feel like the way they shoot it, especially the fog and, like, the fact that, you know, the the water that's, like, seeping onto the grounds, like, seeps in and recedes at different times, if you notice. Mm-hmm. like, Like, around certain events, like, there's a lot more water that's like just on the grass and over the drive and like all like the mud is deeper and then like sometimes it recedes and it's not as you know it's more like lush and like grassy I don't know there's just a lot of small things that I think are just really brilliant in it and it made me I don't know I'm I'm really looking forward to watching again. Probably like around Christmas, I think would be a good time to do it when I'm off. So
0: yeah, it took me almost a no, well, Christ, I gotta say a year and a half to rewatch Hill House. I think I'll watch this sooner than that, um, almost certainly. But I'll, pro- I'll probably wait till sometime next year and rewatch it. um But um yeah, I, I don't think I can really say anything else. Like in terms of like some of my more um, minor kind of critiques, I've been trying to really parse my words, right. Um, uh, without getting too spoilery and i can't talk about some of the things i really loved in it without getting the spoiler so right. i think it's probably a good time to probably call it in terms of like um spoilers so if you yeah. don't want to be spoiled with anything like i would probably just like stop listening now um uh and so uh, first thing i want to bring up in terms of like stuff that's like um has spoilers to it um, and I know that you're like, I'm going to let you talk about this because I know that you love it maybe even more than I do is um, episode eight, um, which is the romance of certain old clothes, the uh, yeah. adaptation of the short story. You want to just like talk a little bit about like the adaptation aspect of that, because um, I know that you're a big fan of the short story.
1: Yeah, so it's um, it's really it's it's faithful enough where. It puts a lot more emphasis on the um, Viola character played by um, what's her name? Uh, Kate Kate Siegel, right? Um, which is playing to get his wife. Yeah, this in. basically this like force of I don't know, like in a lot of ways, this modern woman in like a like archaic time sort of where she was the lady of the house and the force behind like their finances and. Just the idea of her like basically saying that you know I'm gonna die, and these are the things that you're not allowed to touch like after I die, and then her sister, in her vanity, like goes and like disturbs those things, and her ghost kills the sister, which is pretty much what happens in the short story, except that the circumstances are a little different leading up to that um it's basically like on their their wedding like pre- prior to their wedding. The sister goes to get the gown out so she can wear the gown at the wedding because they're poor now. And um, the older sister's ghost murders her. But. Right. And, I, and I they, the he reverses that. the names, right?
0: Uh, I think so. I think it's pretty
1: good. Yeah. It yeah. Because that makes more sense because that's sort of like the. I don't know, like a play on like perdition or whatever, pernicious. And yeah. she sounds like more like.
0: And Vi- Viola's the sweet flower. Right. And Whatever. and I but I and but I, I found it interesting too because like once you get to the ending of it, um, and I'll let you go back to this episode, but once you get to the ending of it and you realize how much the idea of storytelling is this kind of theme in this show for this season, um, and how storytelling can change things, you know. Um right. I wondered if that was just even more than most another subtle nod to the idea of like, you know, this is a story that's been told before and now the names have been reversed because that's just what's happens when you tell stories orally through the years or something, you know? I mean, right. I, um, and the
1: slight circumstances and whatever. I mean, there's a lot of
0: small things, right?
1: Sure. Um, because I like, so at the end of the, not to get off of this episode, like right away, but at the end of the, the series, that's one of the kind of the keys is that, you know, one of these, one of the main characters of the series um, is the one that's narrating it for you. And she's telling it like a, like a Gothic ghost story around a fire and right. that she's altered names to kind of protect people. But mm-hmm. yeah, like I, I love the fact I think, I don't know if bold is the right word, but I think filming it in black and white was a really mm-hmm. brilliant voice. Um, it makes it feel old and it makes it feel like you're kind of, watching a memory, almost, in a lot of ways.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, I think it... And having narration throughout the entire episode, too. um, Helps a lot. It's interesting, because... Because it reminds you, actually, like one episode before the ending, that there's a narrator to all this. You know? I mean, which is, again, it's brilliant. But sorry, go ahead.
1: So this is your ghost. Like, this is the ghost. Mm -hmm. And whereas... In Hill House, you know, there was a couple of ghosts that were sort of alluded to, or you know, they were like the things in the background that the characters were afraid of, and then you kind of found their origins, especially the Bent Neck Lady. What's that like, episode six, where you find out who that is? And it's I, I think, but yeah, mm-hmm. like super tragic when you see it. Sure, this is something where you've kind of like you're subtly aware that this thing exists, and then you're more aware. And then there's this really, probably the best, like, scare scene where she just, like, chokes the shit out of um, Peter Quinn and, like, Mm -hmm. drags him to his death. Like, when you find out how he died. Um, And then to go back and, like, reveal it, like, I, I think it's really powerful, but maybe a little late in the series or in the season to do that. Like, that was my only minor complaint was that I felt like it was... Like here's this thing that's the linchpin for all these like hauntings in this house, and this is like you know you wait until the very, very end to kind of like explain it. And then you have one episode to completely wrap everything up. And I thought it was a lot to wrap up yeah in the span of an hour, but I thought they did it really well. I mean, I was satisfied with the ending, and I just kind of wish that they had done it maybe in episode seven and then episode had episode eight and nine to sort of explain all those things and kind of wrap up the characters. Especially because, to your point, like, I was really invested in Owen. Um, I was really invested in um, uh, Mrs. Gross. Yeah, Like, both of those characters I thought were fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, I was fine with Jamie. Um, I thought it was a little one-dimensional at first, but, like, I really kind of grew to like her um, towards the end of the series. And I I really thought that um, Victoria Pedretti did a good job as Danny because I think that she's
0: I don't know like I don't look I, I'm going to be completely honest I like I said like and now I can like kind of like take some gloves off a little bit with that character um, I thought that she sometimes fits some of the worst stereotypes of horror um, in terms of like her character not necessarily the actress but the character itself um in terms of like being a kind of like a like a like screaming nancy that like you know like and like this kind of like and i thought it was a i mean there's definitely mental health issues going on there obviously and i thought it was like kind of like a little bit heavy-handed like in terms of like the way that they constantly wrote her to be nothing but anxiety ridden most of the time and constantly breaking down and i get like the backstories kind of horrific obviously but it's like um, and and I know they're playing with the idea of haunting in different ways, just like they did in Hill House. But sure. um, I, I just thought that like they spent too much time with those kind of elements of her that kind of ultimately made me made her a weaker character to me and kind of made me not like I was much more interested in the other characters because I just didn't want to deal with um, with Danny. And right. I thought that the stuff with Jamie made her better um like it made her more made me want to deal with her more and especially in the last episode like i was really moved uh by that relationship and being able to see it finally play out and everything um but i don't know i just I, I didn't like that character i thought that she was irritating at times um i thought they spent way too long dealing with her trauma um and really just making her like not not necessarily a dynamic character whatsoever while everybody else around her was really like kind of like this, like interesting, fascinating person. I just thought that she was kind of just lame and where I thought that worked well with Nellie, like Nellie's fascinating. The more I thought about that character in Hill house, I'm going to compare to Danny here and then I'll be done. It's like Nellie. It's kind of like, you don't get to see Nellie very much, honestly, when you think about it, like, you know, she's in like a number of scenes, but it's like, they, the, the show treats Nellie like the characters do. They don't want to think about her, right? Like, you know, um, they because they know what kind of pain she's in, She you know, and all these other things. And she's also kind of like the glue that holds them together, but they don't want to be held together because they're all dealing with their own bullshit and their own trauma. Um, so it's like the show treats her like they do. Like, it's kind of like she's here for a scene and she's not until you get to the bent neck lady. And you know, and then you're kind of exposed to the actual horror of all of that, you know, of what's really going on with her. Here, it's like, it's very much like, um, it's exposing me to a character at times that I really don't want to know, and it just keeps feeding it to me. Um, And that, and I'm making it sound worse than what it is, but I wish they would have made her either slightly stronger or, had less scenes with her and focused on a few other characters a bit more. Okay, so I also don't buy her as a lesbian, but um, in that relationship, but um, <clears throat> like I didn't buy that relationship whatsoever. Like it didn't. Well, feel because real, they were trying much. to, they were.
1: I think they were purposely trying to make it not titillating, so yeah. it wouldn't be. So it's an aspect. It's more about their love and not the fact that their love is gay love and not to make it like right. Like masturbatory or whatever. Mm-hmm. So my my take on her as a character is that they have to make it believable that number I, one
0: I just didn't see chemistry there, I should say. It's not even about the relationship. I just didn't feel chemistry between those characters, like those actresses. But. Go ahead. Sorry.
1: So I think they had to make it believable that Danny would be able to handle the idea of the ghosts mm-hmm. and also be able to make that ultimate sacrifice. And I think that having her, cause I, I thought at first that they, they went into the whole dead fiance thing way too fast. Yes. Especially like, because. Because it goes, it's the first episode, right? It's one of the first things you see is him reflected right. in the yeah. uh, window of the car. And it's not subtle, like, it's right there. Sure. And then it's so many times over the first three episodes or whatever until they reveal, maybe episode four when they reveal what happened. It's episode four, yeah. Um, But to that point, that's about her overcoming the thing that's haunted her the most so that when she's facing down, like these other hauntings like these legitimate whatever like real quote-unquote hauntings it's believable that she can do it i think and i think that's fine like i think it works okay because i think i think that in all honesty it's this the quote the other like quote-unquote supporting characters that are the main characters of the show like the show's about basically the gravity well or whatever they call it that viola has created in this place and how it's like entrapped these people who would otherwise like not be at Bly House and it's you know it's much more of an it's just as much of an ensemble piece but it actually has a main character in the sense that it's got this one central character that you focus on Mm -hmm. but she's just as much of the gravity well for like trauma and sadness as Viola is she's just like alive And I think that's what makes it believable when she's willing to sacrifice everything and submerge herself for the greater good, because she basically has been sacrificing herself for the greater good her entire life. And at least now it can have, like, more of a purpose. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I...
0: I I like that character. By the, I liked that character in the last episode, and I liked seeing her outside of that setting. But in that setting, I don't know. I I wasn't a big fan of the character. I mean, it's. I like to see the growth that she had, and you know, then her fighting that like after she'd had that growth. I thought it was much more interesting that last episode with her.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was always fine with her. I felt that she's. A much, I, I think it's a better character than the character in the actual novel, turn mm. of the screen, who's haughty and kind of conceited about, but also comes from like sort of a broken, like shadowy past in a lot of ways. But still, it's just like basically fighting the ghosts of these two lovers. And that's never what it is with Danny. Like, with Danny, it's like more about fighting her own ghosts. And beating her own ghosts and then like trying to save these two children
0: so yeah yeah and maybe that's another thing that kind of like it's like i felt like the 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 playing with the idea of haunting in the sense of like your past we did that already and right. so she felt like a leftover from the first season like from hill house and like, I, I was, I was, maybe I was more interested in moving on to something new in some ways. Um, which I do think there's a lot of great things in the season, like to move on to. Like, I love like the Hannah Gross episode. And I get that there's repetitions at times. There's been some complaints about that, I think, like about like going back to the same scenes over and over. Um, but I think they pay, the, like, I, I think people that are complaining about that don't get like that they pay that off in that last episode. Um, in terms of or maybe the next last episode i guess no it's the last episode where it's like she's always going back to owen because she's in love with him like that's like the, like that's what that repetition is about is like she's always going back to the first time she meets him you know yeah. um um because she really wasn't like she fell in love with him that day it's like you know it's a, it's another love story you know i mean um and but know. i think
1: yeah I, see i thought that was apparent in the episode where you find out that she's stuck in time
0: of course that, it is it but happen- that's what i that's what i'm saying i you find these I, I knew everything that was going to happen like early on like it's yeah. you know, like like episodes before it happened and not just because of like knowing the novel like but it's like i just you could just see it on the screen i thought like i didn't think there was much that was a mystery um like in this show whatsoever so like i, th- I think people are like just I just don't think people are very good critical watchers a lot of times when they make complaints like that like um you know about like the repetition of it but I know that's a common complaint Is like it's too repetitious that episode I thought that episode was brilliant and I thought that it was it really to me was the horror of the season it, it brought that home even right. more to me of this idea of like you know of like moving between memories of not like, of losing time, of like, you know, having a fragmented existence, like much like Owen's mother in some ways, you know, with dementia, um, sure. you know, like, and and they, they certainly bring that up obviously, you know, and make that point. Um, but it's like to, to witness that and see like, you know, the grace in which she deals with all that, to me, that's a thing that strengthens that character so much to watch this woman you know battle all this still trying to do the right thing despite like kind of moving between all these things it's like um i don't know i just thought i thought that episode was it was absolutely fantastic and um uh that's that and the Wingrave episode with the uncle that's really good yeah And and episode eight and episode nine like those are the strongest episodes for me out of all of them I,
1: I thought the Miles at boarding school episode was really fantastic.
0: Oh yeah, you're right with the priest and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. the
1: teacher. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I I like I didn't I don't think there was a weak episode, except maybe I thought the first one was a little clunky and all the setup. Yeah. Um especially because and one of the problems is you know, because both of us are like moderately well read. I mean, when you know what the gimmick is, like it's kind of hard to i'm i'm more impatient and it was the same thing with hill house too which is why i liked hill house when i watched it because it wasn't an adaptation it was just an inspired vibe right so like when i know where you're going with it and they set it up like right from the very beginning especially with miles of flora like when you know what it is it's just like okay well how am i getting there and so that's more of the anticipation like how am i getting to that point? Um, but I was, like, really impressed with it. And I was surprised at the the way that they took things. I thought that um, the romance of certain old clothes, I think, is brilliant to work that. In. And then there's another one. Uh, shit. Another lesser known um, James short story, like The Jolly Corner or something like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's sort of similar to the um, Mrs. Gross stuff, um, just in the way of, like, I don't know. There's some like minor connection there. I'm not really familiar with that one, but like I, I like the fact that it's like not just inspired by one, you know, the novel, but also his other works and just the sort of feel of that. And I really like the gothic romance, and I I love that house. Like I love the way they feel it because by the time you get to the fourth or fifth episode, you're so familiar with the turns of that house and like sure, like I I often felt. That hill house felt like one hallway, like a foyer and a a hallway, basically, and that's it. And I felt like Bly had character in the sense that the entire house felt like large and the grounds were large, and you know, it's not just about being inside that one area.
0: I can, no, I can definitely see that because you think about it like the way that they filmed Hill House, it's like there's a kitchen, I know there's a kitchen in Hill House. But the kitchen is completely separate. I don't know where it's at in the house. Like I, right. don't, I, I assume it's on the first floor, but I don't know where on the first floor. Like yeah, I don't know when I go through the foyer, do I go left or left or right? You know, behind exactly. it's it's to the right.
1: I know that because is it? They, okay. Well, she goes. They send um, what's her name, um, the Kate Kate Siegel character. They send her to um, get hot chocolate once, and she has to go to the right to get mm, it. So, gotcha. Um, I only know that because, like, we Frankie and I just watched it a month and a half, two months ago, or whenever it was, and we watched it again. But yeah, so I I don't know. I thought that it's, I think it's a really satisfying ending. I think it's very like emotionally satisfying, and it ties things together. Um, I really like. I like the fact that it's not as overtly horrific in the sense of like the ghosts and stuff, but it still has some impact when you're seeing the ghosts, um, I thought it tried a little too hard sometimes maybe to be that subtle, like, oh, here's like the hidden ghosts thing. Um, especially with the, the plague doctor being in like a few scenes and mm-hmm. the faceless kid being in a few scenes. and right. um, But I really thought the faceless thing was like super creepy and really paid off well in the way that they revealed why it was i think um, that yeah.
0: was cool i didn't like the actual like way they did the faceless people like i thought it was actually kind of goofy <laughs> um but i like i like uh, the explanation behind it like i love that i thought all oh, that stuff's awesome like um i love like that part of it but I, I just didn't really like the faceless thing, like the way it was done like whatever cg they used or whatever oh
1: yeah well that's that's horrifying to me that idea so
0: hmm yeah, that's true. Um, You've had nightmares
1: about that, right? Oh yeah, shit, man. Yeah. I don't
0: want to talk about it. We're gonna talk that shit up, so. right? Um,
1: Let me sleep in peace. I gotta get up in the morning.
0: Yeah, I do want to say too, Carla Gugino, um, as the narrator, does a fucking fantastic job. Like throughout, like, and just in terms of the inflection of her voice and the stress on words as a narrator. Like, even if she's only used at certain points, like episode eight, but like a little bit here and there throughout the series um does a great job in all of that and um I thought that was some of the most moving stuff like when it goes back to her as the storyteller at the end um I thought that was some of the most moving stuff in the entire um series um especially that one particular line about like you know the young girl telling her like you know you made one mistake and that like you told you told everybody at the beginning that it was a ghost story and it's a love story um And what's, what's her response? Something like, you know, like kind of the same thing, aren't they? Right. Um, And it's like, and I, I had tears in my eyes already by that point um, as the young girl expressed, like her fears um, about like her marriage and like the future and all those kind of things, like, you know, like eventual death. And um, I already had like tears in my eyes. And like she said that and it like made it worse somehow, like, um, because it's like, even if I can't, verbally explain I could if I sat here and thought about it long enough but it's like I felt like the truth of the statement um, enough that it like immediately like sparked like more kind of like tears coming out of my eyes when she said it um,
1: Right,
0: you know because I felt like that universal truth of the statement even if I couldn't at the time verbalize what she was saying um, you know at the time um, I thought I thought that was you know, and that whole end sequence of like the wedding and all that kind of stuff was just really well done in the hotel room. Yeah,
1: agreed. Yeah. I'm really excited for what he does next too. I mean, there's um, other haunted houses he could explore, so I'm curious to see like. I mean, what do you through.
0: what do you think the well, yeah? So it's like in, if you, if he's going to continue the idea of like novels, then what's um what what else is out there kind of that you can think of?
1: Um I don't know. I mean my first thought and it could never happen but was um the overlook. Like I don't think that he would be that bold but or maybe that dumb, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um that's a pretty big haunted house. Um Man, I don't know. I had I had something in mind the other day. But I can't think of, um, specifically... Fuck. Like, when I finished watching this, I Frankie and I were talking about it, and I was like, you know what would be cool if they did this, and... Mm. Can't remember now. So, there's, like... I've always wanted to see someone adapt the House of Leaves book, which, mm. like, the five and a half minute hallway or whatever it is type thing. Like, if you could do it like that, where, and I don't know if you're like how familiar like anyone is, but Mark, um, the the Lewski or I can't remember right what his name is. Um, Daniel Lewski. No, it's a Z. Um, anyway, so it's, it's about this guy who finds this book that talks about this movie that may or may not be real. About this space and this, these people's house that grows, but it doesn't increase the outside space. It just grows inside, and then it's, it's pretty amazing. And you could tell it like that. Um, maybe the Hell House, the Richard Matheson um, mm. book might be a good adaptation. Right. Like, that's another one that I kind of feel.
0: Yeah, is that is that is hell is that the one from the seventies that was adapted that I that you liked so much? Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah. it's just called Hell House, right? Yeah, uh, that would be good. Um, yeah,
1: that's all that comes to mind right now. But right. I think that they like both of them are pretty um, pretty, pretty ripe for what his version of adaptation is, I guess. And they also both deal, in a lot of ways, with like the family element and the idea of like, is family
0: blood or is family, you know, what you make it. So, so he's doing. You know, I don't know if you know. I uh, just quickly to wrap this up, but is he? Um, he's doing a um Netflix ordered uh, original horror series from him that he's doing right now called Midnight Mass. Um, I don't know about that. Yeah, it centers around an iso- what is it? isolated island community that experiences supernatural events after the arrival of a mysterious priest. Um, so, I don't know, we'll see what happens there. Um it's it got stalled because of COVID. Um uh, and is just picked back up um a couple months ago like to wrap up filming. Um and then he's also in a deal um to adapt for Netflix um uh series of uh some christopher pike the uh, teen authors series of stuff hmm. um called the midnight club so um he's got a couple things like coming down the pike um as it is over the next couple of years so it could be that we actually don't see um yeah maybe it could be two years down the road again i mean that'd be about right but we'll see so yeah. that's how, how filming goes, like, with everything going on right now. Right, I don't mind waiting, so. Yeah, but, no, he's really exciting. I mean, um, I still haven't watched Gerald's game yet. Um, I, I know that you weren't, like, the biggest fan of that, it seemed. Um, I thought it was fine. It just, yeah. I don't know. I'm yeah. not a huge fan of the source material, either,
1: so I think that kind of color. Sure. Is yeah,
0: but I've, I've slowly kind of, like, picked up and, like, seen, like, most of the stuff now, and, like, yeah, I'm, um, I'm really impressed with the guy. I mean, like, I think he does really good stuff. So, yeah, he's pretty great. Yeah. And he's local. So, what's that? He's a local. Is he?
1: He's from Towson. He went to Towson. Oh, no shit. That's why they get to see all of his stuff for free and in advance. Interesting. Oh, yep. I see that now. Turn to Towson. Oh, no shit. Huh. Yeah. Um. So, like, when Dr. Sleep came out, they actually screened Dr. Sleep a week early at Towson. So, Frankie got to see it a oh, week huh. before it. The week before it actually premiered in theaters
0: no that's all that's no, that's great Yep. and graduated the ba in electronic media and film that's crazy
1: yeah,
0: um i like that dude so
1: yeah it's where I'm where at, my, and it's where my wife went
0: it was towson so yeah that's crazy yeah. i'll have to look that up at some point i've never actually looked at towson to see who's notable their alumni are yeah yeah All right. Well, yeah. Overall, I thought it was still fantastic, even though like I think we have a slight difference of opinion um, in terms of like you know probably like probably an overall like score or something like that. I think both of us agree that it's really great television um, and uh, definitely worth watching. Um,
1: Yeah, it's 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 a matter of degrees for me. Like for me, they're both I don't know like nine out of tens or whatever. It's just emotionally, I kind of feel more connected with Bly than I do with
0: Hill. So right yeah and i think yeah i, th- I think I, th- I think i think i'm probably the opposite of that to some degree um but um but there's still a lot that i can still hold on to out of Bly. um i think i connect to the family trauma aspect of um, sure. House, and then um but I, I think a lot of stuff with like memory and like ghosts like memories equating to ghosts and all those kind of things um like I think that's universal you know I mean and I think the same thing goes for like the kind of like love and haunting you know comparison that's being made um is universal so I think everybody can kind of adapt uh uh, uh you know understand and kind of like relate to those kind of things in this series So yeah
1: I just think that we should all be thankful that we're getting thoughtful mature horror it's true in many different forms in 2020 and what was like a dead genre you know 25 years ago is like maybe one of the most like creatively rich and interesting genres you know that people are making movies in right now so as a fan of horror that makes me really happy
0: yeah, no, absolutely, and someday, um, probably next October. I think I already like secretly put it on the list, but um, I'm making you do like the top five um, horrors of the '90s, um, just so I can hear you kind of like talk about like what really like happened to horror during that time period in a little bit more yeah. depth. So. So
1: secretly, I've just been watching '90s horror movies like all the time because (laughs) at some point we'd be doing it.
0: So yeah, so yeah, it'll be a year from now, but uh, so you still got time to catch up. But um, it'll be a well cultivated list by that point, I guess. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So um, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, Watch the show; it's good, Um, regardless of like you know the comparisons to Hill House. It's it's a great television. So um, thanks for listening, and um, good night. Have a good night.